Hey, hey, it's another episode of the Brighter Web Podcast, and uh, I think we've got a pretty enticing topic for us to dive into today. So I think we do, what is yeah. That? We're going to talk about how to make money using the internet, Making all the different money. ways. Oh, yes. This some is good, some a, bad, and yeah. This is not a clickbait podcast. We were actually talking about that, but that is a, a clickbaity sounding kind of title there. It kind of is, but I think there's some good stuff in here. Lots of different angles people can approach, and I think... A lot of folks do multiple different streams of, of making money, so we'll kind of dig into some of those. Yeah, like you said, there's, I mean, probably a hundred different things we could talk about. Lots of lots of different ways to potentially make money for sure on the internet, or or maybe lose money or waste time. <laughs> yes, but we're going to dive into kind of ten big kind of buckets of of how to monetize your online content. So why don't you get us kicked off first, Mickey, and tell us what number one is. So the first one is selling a service. So that's something that we do at Green Melon. We sell a service. We build websites. We help with branding, that sort of thing. We can get into a little bit of consulting, but just selling, really selling a digital service rather than any kind of product or anything. And yeah, the result is a, yeah, a website or a new logo or just you spent some hours consulting and you got that out of it and you got new knowledge. And so just, yeah, selling a service is the first one we have here. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the internet is basically just the medium between connecting you with somebody else and you're providing your service, you know, in the re- real physical world, but you're pushing it through to the internet to reach other people. Right. And a lot of it is to help connect people. I and mean, that's really what a website is, is to connect visitors to become buyers of whatever product people have. So we're helping build that middle piece. All right. So selling a service. What do we got next? So, uh, Similarly, instead of a service, maybe you can sell a, a physical product, right? I mean, e-commerce is a big thing, and there's very easy ways to create e-commerce stores now with Shopify and WooCommerce and all sorts of different things. Uh, you can drop ship, you know, swag and lots of different items. You can obviously self-publish books, uh, physical and digital books. Uh, but yeah, there's lots of different things, and just like you could sell stuff at a brick-and-mortar store, you can sell them online. Yep, for sure. Yeah, so that's number two. Uh, what would a third way of making money online be? Well, you kind of teased it already, but it's selling a digital product like ebooks. Yes. So, yeah, I think you tend to buy more physical books. I tend to buy more ebooks, and I consider all of them reading for the reference there. But yeah, selling a digital product like ebooks or uh, website themes or plugins, we spend a good bit of money on plugins for our clients through WordPress with their all the different plugins and get there. So, selling some kind of digital product that people can buy and, and download and take with them, which is Often a fantastic way to make money because the digital product, once you've developed it, is essentially free to give away over and over and over, or to sell over and over and over again. It's not costing you more money like a physical product where you have to balance the costs of each product. So selling digital product can be great if you can get an audience and a compelling enough product to sell. Correct. And that's where it's a little bit different from a brick and mortar. Obviously, you can sell books, you can sell clothing, whatever it is, online versus in a store. And there's obviously different approaches, but with a digital product, you're, you're not selling those really in a store. I, I mean, I guess there are some places like Best Buy that will sell software and you, you buy kind of one of those cardboard boxes right. and you have a code <laughs> that says, hey, just go on this website and redeem it. Yeah. So it, there's kind of a funny gap there. But yeah, so I mean, funny, obviously. Funny temporary gap. I don't see that sure. lasting long, but it's yeah. good on them to at least, yeah, try something it's like true. that. true. Yeah. I mean, it could be just like scan this QR code and go here and pay money that way. I mean, yeah, there, I could see brick and mortar stores heading more that direction, especially as Places that have been traditional online sellers like Amazon are starting to open up brick and mortar stores. So those lines between those two things are blurring in interesting ways. For sure. All right, we've got one more in selling. So what's number four here? Yeah. So selling a course, which is you know selling content, as it were, like your your educational knowledge. And so obviously there are you know live courses, just like you would have somebody kind of come in person and attend a class. 
So in the same way, yeah, if you're selling content, especially things like that are, are trying to help people learn, um, yeah, selling an online course to teach something specific. And there's lots of different platforms uh, that will take care of that uh, specifically. A few of the most popular ones are Teachable, Skillshare, Kajabi, but there are, I mean, goodness, so many oh, yeah. out there. Hundreds. And yeah. really, you're just, you know, you're developing videos and you're teaching on this subject. And here's my 12-part course on you know, how to monetize your online content and you pay me $12. And, and like you said, just like another digital product. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes that upfront investment to create that, to create the content and then you're just selling it. It doesn't matter. It's, it's easy to scale because you could sell a hundred, you know, tickets to the course or you could sell 10,000 and it's yep. the same amount of, of work to develop that initial product. For sure. So, uh, yeah, we've talked about selling physical products, digital products, selling online courses, uh, what's what's another one that uh, thing a way that people could monetize their online content? This is kind of similar to selling a course. I see these bundled together, but creating a private mm-hmm. membership forum. So things like post status that you know a lot of WordPress folks are into. You can use Mighty Networks to set one up. There's private newsletters. I'm in a variety of these little private membership things. Sometimes it's just for more content. It's not really about the membership. Um, some sometimes it's both. I'm in one where you sign up. It's I think it's like $500 lifetime deal, and I signed up for it. And I get access to the creator and can ask him questions, but also get access to other people and have the network. And so you sort of get almost a course and a membership forum in one. But those sorts of things, yeah, can be very helpful if you find the right one. And again, it doesn't scale quite as well as a course. If you have members, they want to be able to interact. And Correct. You can't have a million people in there and be able to serve them. But it still can scale up pretty far. And you can make quite a bit of money if you have a popular membership forum. I think the other drawback to it with a course, you can sell it once forever until the content becomes old. The membership form, you got to keep producing content, keep adding value to it for people to keep paying, but right. they'll continue to pay over time too. The course you'll sell once, whereas a membership, people pay 10 bucks a month forever, and so keep it going. That's a good point. And, and sometimes with certain platforms, like you said, those two are kind of naturally bundled together. Um, the example that comes to my mind is um, Masterclass, that's obviously. You know, that's that's kind of the top level. That's not something that right. most people can kind of create on their own. It's you know the people top in their field like Serena Williams and people like that who are teaching something that they are very very good at. They are the true masters. Um, but the nice thing is, Masterclass has like a whole army of staff members who are monitoring forums and that kind of stuff. And you know when you take the the online course and then you ask questions. Uh, that maybe not going directly to Serena Williams, but it's you know it's being answered by somebody who's in that community. So they're selling, they're selling the content and selling the educational knowledge, but they're also selling, like you said, the connections to the other people who are learning similar things. So yeah, those are different uh, topics, but they do very much go hand in hand. All right, Robert. So what's next here? What's our sixth one on the list? <laughs> well, so we've been talking about selling things, and there's a you know kind of equal trade of goods, uh, but there's another kind of growing popular. I guess, trend, especially with content creators uh, who don't necessarily have something specific to sell. And that's just asking for donations, yep. right? Hey, I, I create this really cool blog. I create this really cool podcast. Or like I, I post some cool artwork on Instagram. If you like this, if you want me to continue doing this and you know you want me to take less time on my full-time job, like give me some money to help me, allow me to continue to do that. And of course, Patreon is one of the most popular platforms for that. There's, again, many, many others. Um, but I mean, that's kind of the idea. Patreon sounds like the word patron, which is, right. you're supposed to be a patron of the arts. You're, you know, giving money to somebody. And of course, back in the, you know, Renaissance period, that was a, <laughs> a wealthy family who would, you know, fund, uh, you know, a famous artist or something like that. And here it's it's more just crowdfunding. It's like, right. hey, a, a thousand people really like your stuff and they're all willing to give you five bucks a month for for the thing. And so, yeah, and again, Patreon, there's, there's usually like a tiered, 
platform where you know you're you're giving that five bucks and they give you something extra special on top. So there is sort of an exchange there, but really ultimately it's a it's a donation to say, hey, I like what you're doing, I support it, and I want you to continue to be able to do that. So here's a little bit of cash that I'm going to throw your way. Yeah, it runs a lot of times into being like a private membership form, at least a lot of them. If you sure. or or a course almost like if you become a Patreon of our our blog, our podcast, whatever, then you get access to this community, you get access to these other special episodes. And but again, it's, it's a volunteer thing, and it can work well. So yeah, and there are there are platforms that are a little more specified in, in the content that you can add. Um, the one that comes to mind is so there's a, a stock photography website out there that's free, it mm-hmm. is uploaded by people in the uh, public that's called Pexels that I really like. Yep. It's got some really good quality stock images. Um, and I've actually uploaded a few pictures on there that I'm like, hey, just I'm going to help contribute. And that was the reason I did it. And some guy randomly gave me like a $10 donation for a picture oh, nice. that I'd uploaded. So I was like, oh, I did not expect that. I am certainly not a photographer, but I guess he appreciated what I did and was willing to kind of that's awesome throw a couple, you know, a couple bones my way. So Very that was cool. nice. So what's, uh, yeah, we talked about accepting donations, you know, being being a patron of the arts. What's, what's another one, uh, a way to uh, monetize your content? Almost like the uh, Big Brother accepting donations is sponsorships, where sponsors will give you a lot of money for more action with your site. So a lot of times with podcasts, that's kind of a big one you see where they're sponsored either with ads that the podcast will run or that the host will share. And we can jump in right now and talk about the great shoes you need to buy. Well, before we get to number eight, you know, which we don't do on here, but a lot of podcasts do. And so sponsoring a podcast or other kinds of media can be a good way to make some money as well. Yeah, and it is kind of the more corporate version of a quote-unquote donation, but obviously you're expecting you know, the visibility, hey, I want access to your audience. You've created right. a really cool podcast or you've got a lot of followers on Instagram. So yeah, we're going to kind of officially partner with you and give you a set amount of money. But there's also a lot of expectations that go along with that. But yeah, you're going to you're gonna read my 90-second spot to talk about right. ZipRecruiter and why ZipRecruiter <laughs> is the best because ZipRecruiter sponsors just about every podcast that's out there. Yeah, I think the difference here is if you donate somewhere, you expect to get something tangible in return. But if you sponsor something, you want to get business in return. Sure. You're going to get people. So yeah, both can work very well though. Uh, so number eight, I'm going to grab as well, because I think it's closely related here is website ads. So this is something I did a lot of 15 years ago, not, not as much lately because I don't produce that kind of content and things have changed, but like Google AdSense is a fantastic way to monetize. If you have a website to make some money from, you won't make the most from it, but it's super easy. You just drop their code on the site and they'll pick out the right ads to show and they'll track everything and give you a pretty significant cut of the revenue they make from it, which can work well. Uh, if you can though, direct ad sales, Sorry, direct ad sales can work a lot better. You can make a lot more because it'll be more niche. You'll do better, but then you have to deal with all the finding people and getting the creative ads and getting all that stuff put up. So if you're a big enough site, you'll see really, I think, AdSense on smaller sites. I'd say under, I don't know, 50,000 visitors a month, AdSense is the way to go. But if you have a big traffic site, then yeah, you can go direct and say, hey, ZipRecruiter, which is not a sponsor of this, um, <laughs> but hey, ZipRecruiter, you know, for 10 grand a month, I'll put your ad at the top or mix it in the content and that can, that can work pretty well in some cases. Yeah, and appropriately enough, I am going out to lunch right after the recording of this podcast with a guy who's a blogger uh, and he has, I mean, probably several, five to 6,000 viewers on his blog every single day. And so he has enough, and he's enough of a niche blogger in a certain like industry that yeah, there are some people who will approach him and say, hey, you know, we'll give you 500, a thousand bucks or whatever per month to put our little banner on your website or to mention us in a blog post or something like right. that. So yeah, he's going direct. He may have Google AdSense on I there I was curious well, if he did. Yeah, what's the look yeah, later and see? He's, but he's big enough to where he can, you know, negotiate some of those things with yep. sponsors and they clearly get enough clicks back to their website to justify it because they know who his audience is and they know his audience is big enough and trusts him enough 
for the, you know, he, he's kind of lending his credibility to these other businesses who are sponsors on his website. Yep. Awesome. What do we got for number nine here? So uh, somewhat similarly, I, I, get, I feel like all of these are, you know, kind of related. They all they touch one another in a lot of oh, ways. Yeah. Um, but so affiliate marketing, right, which is not like a sponsorship. You're not directly going out and, and you know, recruiting some business to put their stamp on your website. But, uh, you know, Amazon and a lot of different places will offer uh, money if you are willing to sell some of their products, right, yep. through affiliate links. So Amazon, again, is, is the big one, and there's lots of other examples out there. But you, you can sign up for the Amazon affiliate program if you have a big platform and say, hey, you know, I, I talk about these books a lot, so here's a link to this book. And usually you are very much supposed to just for – legal and trustworthy reasons to say, hey, this is an affiliate link. I'm going to earn some commissions if you buy something through here. But, yep. you know, Amazon's willing to give you a cut, usually a pretty Very small tiny cut, cut yeah, yeah, 1%-ish. Yeah. Pennies on the dollar. But it's still okay if you have enough people, again, who trust you and say, hey, man, this guy talked about this this book or this tech gadget or whatever. I'm going to I'm gonna buy a thing from Amazon. And, you know, because Amazon's put their little tracking information in that link, they can say, oh, this... This came from his website. Cool. Yep. We're going to give him a, a small a small fraction of that sale. Yep. And the other thing I think is neat with affiliates is affiliate programs for other things we talked about, like courses and that sort of thing. You can make pretty good money from that if it's a good course. I think back a couple of years when Rome Research was the hot new note-taking tool, I knew a guy that built a course and did a very good job with this course, but I was big into Rome Research, so I was making a lot of videos and stuff and, and blog posts about it. And so I'd link it to, hey, if you want more, go buy this guy's course. And he gave a 50%, he cut cut 50-50 for the, the fees on it. And I made some pretty good money for a couple of months there just doing that until it could have exhausted the supply of people that knew what Rome Research was. <laughs> but it, it did well, and he made good money, I made good money, and, you know. Is that like we said before, every sale of that doesn't cost him more time or anything. Right. So he can afford to give away 50% because it's still just pure cash coming in for no extra effort. So it's a yeah. win-win on that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, that's again, highlights that big difference between content, which is a lot more scalable versus you know physical products usually that Amazon is having to ship and produce and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot more hard costs yeah. involved with a physical product. All right, so let's round it out with, with number 10, which is uh, publishing video content. So YouTube is probably the big example of this, but there are you know several other video platforms on the internet. But because YouTube is owned by Google and Google has Google AdSense and a huge ad network, um, they are, you know, say, hey, if you build a big enough platform and a big enough following, we'll run ads on your, your uh, videos and we'll take care of that for you. Just, you know, We'll, and we'll give you a cut of those sales, right? So again, yep. it's, it's just growing to a big enough point and then allowing kind of that monetization to be turned on. But that's how a lot of those big time YouTubers who you see who have those annoying videos at the beginning that you kind of <laughs> skip, you yep. know, they're getting some money from that. And even based on how long you're watching and whether or not you skip, you know, that's that much money going from the business that's advertising back to the, the YouTuber, the influencer. Yeah, and like we pay for YouTube premium at our house, so we don't see the ads, but a chunk of that revenue goes to the videos that you watch sure. if they haven't monetized. So YouTube monetization, we put this one last because it ties into so many of the others on here where you can run ads on it. You know, we mentioned AdSense. You can tell Google, hey, Google, just monetize it for me. Do your best. Off right. we go. You can reference other sites and other programs. Again, the Rome research one I talked about was a lot of it was my YouTube videos about mm -hmm. Rome. I would say, hey, I hope this helped, uh, but 
go check out this course to learn even more about what's going on there. And so a lot of different ways you can do it from there with affiliates, with ads directly, pointing to memberships, pointing to pointing to most of the things on the list. You can sort of run them all back from, from videos. So like Mr. Beast a couple years ago put out a video that cost him, I think it was pushing $10 million to make the video, but he got a sponsor in the middle of the video, some mobile game to pay for the whole production itself. And then he made money on top of it from the YouTube ads. I mean, if you're a huge influencer like him, you can make money to ridiculous degrees. But even like me, I just post some videos on YouTube occasionally. I make hundred bucks a month maybe. So it's, you know, it's not anything or not nothing, but if I actually put some effort into it, I could make more there. But that's kind of the problem with this whole list. You put a little bit of effort in all of them, you're not going to do much. You really need to dig into a channel and an idea and, and push it as hard as you can. Yes. And I, I think we hear the big examples like Mr. Beast who are making millions of dollars right. because they have a billion views on their YouTube channel. And you realize, you know, set your expectations at a reasonable level that that's probably not going to be you. But yeah, I mean, if you could make a few hundred dollars of passive income a month, that's not bad, right? So you have mm -hmm. to find your audience, you've got to create quality content, and you've got to pick a couple of these lanes, right? Don't try to spread yourself too thin and, and tackle all of them. But yeah, find the things that are actually going to work for you. Find the audience that's actually going to be willing to, to con uh, consume your content and support your, uh, your business. Um, yeah, but that's, that's how to, in a, in a nutshell, how to make money online. Yep. There you go. Well said. Awesome. Well, we don't do a very good job of that ourselves. This is, not, you know, we are not the example to follow necessarily. We do number one pretty good. Sure, that's true. We, that's, yeah, and we have a whole company based on not doing number one. So yeah, let's not true. set ourselves too short. But the rest of it, yeah, we've dabbled. But yeah. Correct. Yeah. So for number one, go back and, and buy things from Green Melon. Sign up if you need <laughs> digital marketing services. Check us out, Green Melon Media. Um, that's about the one that we're doing. We don't have a sponsor for this podcast. We don't monetize our YouTube. None yeah. of those things, but we know about them, so we could do them if we if we really wanted to. There you go. Yeah. Well, either way, thanks for listening to this episode. That certainly helps us uh, spread this great digital knowledge that we have. So thank you so much for listening, and check out another episode very, very soon.